What's up, babes? It's a glorious morning, a day that we will never see again in this lifetime. So let's take the time to enjoy life while we can. I'm your girl, Neek Austin, and this is Koro is a Crush. Welcome to another episode of Koro is a Crush. Good morning, good morning, good morning to everybody out there. I'm your girl, Neek Austin, the CEO and founder of Koro, a home-based beauty, wellness, and design shop providing premium high-quality press-on nails, beauty accessories, and home decor that we know you'll fall in love with, all while providing a community for self-care lovers, beauty mavens, and small business owners to live life on their terms through fashion, beauty, and faith. Welcome to another episode of Koro is a Crush. Today, I'm excited because we are continuing our series, Expand Your Empire. Just as a reminder, this is a series just for you, my business owners. In it, I'll be talking with different business owners about their businesses and how they remain true to themselves in the face of growing their empires. One thing that I will say is that I had the pleasure of speaking with this guest host that I'm having up here on this episode today. And we was just conversing and everything. And I told her, look, I forgot to put in my beginning section on my on my notes and everything. I said, but we're going to go with the flow based on what it is that she does. She is um, the founder of Speak Our Truth LLC. And um, basically what she does is she has a nonprofit organization that talks about sexual assault, that deals with sexual assault. I am being transparent right now in this moment. We'll tell y'all what it is that I have experienced. I am a victim of sexual assault. I am also a victim of domestic violence. I have experienced both of those things in my life, in my, um, in my teens, as well as in my 20s. And I can honestly tell you, it is no small feat when you are trying to find someone that you can depend on and to talk to, and all people do is turn away from you. I have experienced where I have went to an adult and told them what has happened, and I was the blame. Because their point was, well, you went out on a date with so-and-so, and this is what happened, and it was your fault because at first you said yes, then you said no, 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 not my fault. Because if I'm gonna tell you yes, that means I was interested. But something clicked in my head and said, no, I don't wanna do this now. And if I'm telling you no, the one thing that, um, the other parties should understand because this can go for men and for women. People don't realize that. The one thing that the party should understand is that the party, if the other person is saying no, you have to be respectful and understand the word no. That does not mean that you force yourself onto somebody else. That does not mean that you beat them up just because you're trying to get laid. That does not mean that you act a fool and want to do all of these crazy things. You go into stalking mode just because you can't get this person. No, I need for you to understand that you got to figure out what is going on in your life and respect the fact that we as women, because I, I am a female, you know, and as speaking from a female's um, perspective, you have to understand that we as women, we go through a lot within ourselves as females anyway. 
we are dealing with so much. And as a black woman, we're dealing with twice as worse, twice as um, worse than what the what, what our other counterparts are dealing with in other different communities. So sexual assault is a no-no. Domestic violence is a no-no. Let's add in date rape. Date rape is also a no-no. And you got to be able to find your voice. And a lot of people's voices are taken away from them because of the simple fact that situations like this happen. But when it comes to this guest host right here, this guest host is telling you, hey, we can we, we welcome you with open arms. This is a safe haven. You don't have nothing to worry about. We take this very seriously because I too can relate to what it is that you are dealing with. So this week we have the founder of Speak Our Truth LLC, Miss Della Sean Bordeaux on the podcast to talk about how she's expanding her empire in a way that stays true to her and how she's redefining the beauty that lies beneath the pain. How you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Doing, doing very, very, very well. Doing very, very well. So tell me, tell my people, who are you and what it is that you do? Yes, my name is Dela Sean Bordeaux, and I am the founder of Speak Our Truth. Um, as Nick said, a nonprofit for survivors of sexual assault. I am also a victim of both domestic violence and sexual assault. However, I see the lack of awareness and resources for sexual assault, whereas there's a lot of resources for domestic violence because it's understood more. So I decided to take the hard route and go straight for sexual assault to make sure that I bring awareness. Um, People still don't like having the conversations, but when they see me, they be like, well, hey, you see me, you're gonna have the conversation by any means right. necessary because that's my job. My job is to make y'all aware. Because that's the only way we're gonna get rid of the sexual get rid of sexual assault. We gotta reduce it and get rid of it. And it starts with awareness and education. And we can't have that if we're not willing to talk about it. Absolutely, and I, I agree wholeheartedly. So before we get started, I'm actually gonna tell you I love your name. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love your name. When I first saw your name, Della Sean, and I said, ooh, that's Thank you. And then your last name, Bordeaux, which is French, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, so I, 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 I took French three years in um, in high school. So to see that name, I haven't seen that name since my principal in high school, and her name was Dr. Bordeaux. <laughs> yes, um, my first name, I just learned to start liking my name because, of course, I thought it was ghetto. They tell us our names are ghetto. Now I'm like, you know, my name is unique. It stands out. It really stands out. So I accept that it's unique. Now, my last name came from my ex-husband, and I tell people in that divorce, I was just like, Tina, you can take everything, but I'm keeping my last name. That's going with me. <laughs> That's going with me. That's right. That's right. You were, what, what you say? I worked too hard for that last name. Yes. <laughs> I worked too hard just to give it back. So this is my last name, and it ain't going nowhere. I feel you. I feel you. I even recently actually texted my ex-husband, his sister, and his mom. And I was like, y'all do know, my whole company knows me as Dela Sean Bordeaux. I'm forever going to be a Bordeaux, so y'all might as well be used to it. And his mom and sister were like, that's okay. And he was like, well, I won't pay me for your name. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> I paid you them for three years we were married. That was a lot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so tell me, um, my first question for you is this. 
What's a fun fact about you that nobody else may know? <laughs> it's gonna be a fun, funny fact about me. Okay, I'm ready to uh, learn. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and really not many people know this, but when I was about 21, 22, I decided to try out for the Dallas Mavs Dancers. It was then that I learned I couldn't dance. Uh, <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> Ooh, I wish this was, <laughs> I wish y'all could see me. Um, I didn't know what to expect. I thought they were gonna go in there and teach me a dance and then I do oh. the dance, but you have to freestyle first. And that's where I lost it. I tried to do everything that everybody else was doing, but all I know is my hands were in the air and I was jumping. I don't think I did anything, I just <laughs> I was jumping. Right, right. <laughs> so it was really quick. It ended really fast. Like they went uh, like to the left and the left was the bad people. So I was like, oh no. But <laughs> I learned that I couldn't dance that day. Hey, have you have you improved in your dancing now? Girl, no, I wish they would tell me to freestyle again. <laughs> I'm gonna do the same day. <laughs> The only difference is I may add a kick to it, but it's gonna be the same day. <laughs> okay, all right, we gonna roll with that. We gonna roll with that. <laughs> all right, so tell me, um, how did you get into your career? Woo, yes, so um, get a little deep I'm now. a victim. Huh? Gonna get a little deep now. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I am a victim of incest sexual assault. I was um, sexually assaulted the first time by my biological father okay. between the ages of 14 and 18. And I didn't speak up because he was very well known in the community. He's a pastor. So once he told me no one would believe me, I, I believed him and I kept it quiet. Um, I later on was sexually assaulted again by two friends. We were hanging out and things went left and I was scared to say no like I cried right but you know that didn't change anything uh I'm, unfortunately I'm a repeat sexual assault offender but are not offender sexual assault victim <laughs> I'm a repeat sexual assault victim right. and the last time was by I was actually in a relationship where it was um, an intimate partner sexual assault which people don't really realize exists yeah. and a lot of times you find it more so in domestic violence uh, situations and that's what was happening to me it was like he would beat my tail and then afterwards I don't know if he just got sexual gratification from it or what but it always led to sex wow. and of course after you just beat me I don't want to have sex Right. But I'm not going to say no because I don't want you to turn around and do what you just did to me. I'm trying to make this process end as soon as possible. And so after dealing with that, I first started just blogging back in 2017. And it was my therapist's way of telling me to kind of start releasing it, okay. journaling it out, writing it down. And I was like, you know, I'm going to put it out there so the world can see my story and hopefully they'll help. Uh, when you start releasing and really doing the journal work, things get deeper than you expect. It's just not, no, let me write a story and I'm okay. Things start coming up and surfacing that you didn't expect. Memories I had suppressed were coming up. It was just, it was horrible. I ended up going through a full-fledged depression in 2017. Wow. And the craziest thing is, I had spoke out against my father in 2012. So from 2000 to 2012 to 2017, it was like, I was always in an up and down. But then once I got to 2017, which was when I was in the domestic violence situation, and then I started going to counseling, I really hit that rock bottom. I was depressed. Um, 
I was learning how to try to walk away from the person I was in that domestic violence relationship with. But it took six years, six years of on and off, me thinking I was strong just to come back and find out the minute he make that phone call, I'm weak again and back in the same situation. And, you know, I learned to stop talking to people about it because I was like, I know they're tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of hearing about it. But I was really suffering by myself. So after starting um, journaling, I was like, you know, I want to do more. And no one ever knows what more is until it's put in front of you. Right. And so I was like, I want to do more. I decided to start the organization. Wasn't for sure how I wanted it to go. I just know I wanted to help people. Um, what it ended up turning out to be was way more than I ever expected. Uh, when I had a, a career at American Airlines, I was a trainer. So what I ended up doing was everything I learned being a trainer, I brought that into this organization and began to teach people, you know, I want to teach them on consent. I want to teach women how to refine their intimacy, right. to um, learn how to communicate their sexual desires after sexual assault. Because you can either be promiscuous or you just stop having sex. Right. But until you deal with that underlying traumatic issue, it's going to be the same. And it's always one of the two, promiscuous or no sex. So I want to teach women how to have a sexy, a healthy sex life after sexual assault. Um, what does that look like? Communicate to your partners what your triggers are. Because one thing I know, there are some women out there who don't want to be touched by their spouses. And it's not that they don't love their spouse. It's not that they don't want to be intimate with them. But you touching me triggers me. And I don't really know how to tell you that because I don't want you to judge me. But at the same time, I'm trying to keep myself, you know, comfortable. So I'm pushing away. So that's what I've done. I've just created me a place to where I can have the conversation and the classes all at once. Okay. So group coaching. Um, we have an event coming up this weekend where we'll have a full awareness event. And any courses I can put together from little kids on up, I do them. Because, hey. The best way to really end sexual assault is to start young. However, it's kind of late now, so we have to make sure we cover everyone in between from the young and the old. Right, right, because there are so many older women, such as myself, who went through it that did not have the opportunity to find such an um, organization like yours. We had to suppress it. Mm -hmm. We had to keep our mouths closed. Um, I um, can relate with the incest part of sexual assault. My half-brother, my father's son, his baby boy, he did the same thing to me when I was young. And that lasted from the age of five all the way up to, come on, Jesus, from five to, I want to say I was 13. And the only way that it stopped was that my uncle walked past um walked past the den in his house and saw what happened and that's how he was able to tell my mom and then my mom confronted my father about it because it was his child mm -hmm. and then after that that's when he stopped coming around like i haven't seen my half brother since i had my son and that was in 2007 I haven't okay. seen him since then. But have I forgave him for that? Oh, absolutely. Did I know what was going on when I was young? Oh, absolutely, because I wasn't a dumb child. I, I was watching stuff like that. I really was on TV. But um, as far as what took place after that, I became promiscuous. Right. It wasn't so much as I don't want to be touched. It was more so of, no, I want to do this, this, and this. I want to try this, this, and this. But now that I'm older, it's like, after I have went through 
the date rape when I was in um, college, and not once, but twice, and then dealing with the domestic violence and the sexual assault with my son's father. Dealing with that, it put me in a position where I didn't want to be touched. And for some reason, after a while, I didn't want to be touched by nobody, even though I was in relationships. Yeah, I was still doing my thing, but there was just a certain way that I'd rather have a man touch me that I wasn't getting from nobody else. So I was bouncing from man to man to man with no conscience. Like how men would leave, would, you know, love us and leave us. That's what I was doing. Right. Till I met my husband. And then with my husband, I set boundaries, which was crazy because I was like, this is the man that I want to spend the rest of my life with. And I know that he's not going to do anything to hurt me. And I'm setting boundaries. And then eventually, some of the stuff that he would do, um, it was like a switch that went off in my head that caused a trigger. And I would be crying. And he'll be like, Nick, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't, I, or it's either that or I don't tell him. And right. then one day I did tell him, he got upset because he because he wasn't upset about the fact that that happened. He was upset because his point was, why didn't you tell me this before? Because I could have helped you get, I could have helped you get past that. Right. And that was like an emotional time for me. But now it's, you know, I, I know what it feels like to have a healthy sex life after going through all of that. It's now a lot easier talk about going through those things versus how it used to be where I wasn't allowed to say anything. Right. Even family members have done me the same way and I, to this day, I'm grown now, married with two children, I am not allowed to talk about those instances at all. To nobody in my family. And that's the problem. In our community, in the black community, it's always swept under the rug and we're not going to have the conversation you know, it's one of two things. It happened too long ago. Why are you still talking about it? You're bringing drama. Right. Or we don't want to have the image of not being a family that we thought, the people thought we were. So we're going to keep the image going the way it is. And that is the thing I struggle with too. It was the image. And for so long, it was such a battle because I was conflicted. You know, I'm, I was molested by the man who was supposed to protect me, who was supposed to love me. Right. And now I hate him. But because people see us as this when, you know, whether it's here at church or just in general, I don't want to say anything or I don't want to ruin that image. But what I had to ask myself is how is his image hurting or helping me? And it wasn't helping. It was actually hurting me because now I need to drink more to come around you. Um, I was forcing my ex-husband to go around and my ex-husband was like, <laughs> he was drinking a lot more than me because in his mind, he was like, I really want to say something. I want to deal with this because it hurts you. And here I am saying, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. But what he had to deal with was the remnants of being around them. So yeah, we can go hang out with them. And what happens is later, I'm angry because that's festering on the inside of me. There's hurt sitting there. And because I'm not doing anything about it, well, the only person around me to really go off on and release that anger on is you. Right. So you're drunk because you have to go around and you're mad. I'm mad because I, I forced myself to go around and didn't want to be there. And now you have two people butting heads. And then eventually, you know, it came to the ultimatum of you need to either say something or we have to get the divorce. And that's what made me speak up. But that's probably where also the divorce started because I wasn't prepared yet. 
right. to really speak up and I was forced into it. And so I felt like I didn't have the support needed. I didn't know any resources existed in my eyes. I had to have been the only person dealing with this because who else would experience this? So it was just so many conflicting things that I was going through inside and trying to work through it without saying anything, without seeing anyone. And it was just coming out. And I look like this, as they call us, the angry black woman. When no, I wasn't angry, but no one created a safe space for me to talk about what I was going through. Therefore, I was internalizing it and now it's showing up negatively in my outside world. So whew, that was a lot to deal with. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I get it and I understand. And there's so many women out there, but I'm so glad that you are one of the few that are able to create this safe place even in your area for women, young and old, and, and babies, because babies, babies get molested faster than we do. Yes, because they can't speak. They can't speak, and they're young. And, and vulnerable. And vulnerable, and what they see is purity. Mm -hmm. And it, it leaves a bad taste in our mouths, especially in the black community. You know, we already got a whole lot of stuff hanging over our heads. Why y'all make it worse? Why make it worse? So another question that I have for you, and I'm gonna jump around a little bit. Another question I have for you is, um, let's see. Hmm. What are some of the common challenges that you have faced as a female in your field? Ooh, for one, people don't understand having a nonprofit organization. Um, the first thing they hear is nonprofit, which is also not for profit. So they assume you're not a real business. I've heard that before. Oh, I, you don't have a business. Well, actually, I do. Um, and we even we even expect some type of profit. We do things to gain profit. The right. only difference is we get tax exempt or taxes in. We can if people donate, we can help you write it off on your your taxes. So that is one of the hardest things. Also, funding. Um, I'm learning putting together my first big event. There's no funding for sexual assault. Reason being, it's still under the rug. Right. And it sucks because the more you even put it out there, this is what we're doing. You see people who say, oh, it doesn't align with what we do. Well, that's because we have decided that the only funding needed is for, uh, and no shade to know, you know, those who get funding, but domestic violence or cancer research. Well, no, what if we put funding into sexual assault to see what kind of therapy may be needed for predators or what goes on in the mind of predators to make them act this way? Maybe if we did further research to understand is this generational and those predators who didn't get help because they were victimized prior are continuing to do the same thing. There's funding that is needed. So that's another struggle, struggle is the fact that we don't have the funding needed to do what we need to do. Um, really the last one is the fact that people still don't want to have the conversation. So it's kind of hard to get the support needed because a lot of people, they're too afraid to look like they're supporting or standing for what I say a good cause. Like how can you, how can it be so hard to stand for something? What's the problem? <laughs> right, right. I, I get it, I get it. I can I I can relate as far as when it comes to my son. My son is special needs and he has autism. The hardest part for me to deal with with autism is that the black community does not like to talk about it. There you got some people as myself that do like to talk about autism, but for the most part you got black moms and I can relate cuz I was one of them. You had black moms that don't want to face the fact that their child has a disability right. because it takes away the stigma of what the family is supposed to look like. They're supposed to be normal. They're supposed to be doing this, that, and the third. Anything that is hard, that is out of our control, we 
um, we clam up. Yes. We don't stand our ground and do what we're supposed to do. So as far as funding goes, it took, it took a long time for autism to find funding. And now that it is one, I think the statistics now is one in 44 children, the majority of them is boys versus girls that are having, that are coming out um, being autistic. It, it is hard, but I became a life coach and I specialize in autism and ADHD families, working with the families, helping them get the research and resources that they need so they can have, so that their lives can be as normal as possible with their children having a disability. So I understand when it comes to that funding. It is a monster. Mm-hmm. You can't find it, especially with sexual assault. I haven't heard of it, but I will tell you this. If I find something, I will let you know. Please do, because they don't have it out know. there. They don't, I, I don't understand why. It's like, whoo. There's research that can always be done on any topic. Yes. And as the government, I would think they would want to expand their horizons. But the thing is, and this is just my little rant, I feel like because we have unfortunately had politics who have stepped up and said, I'm a predator and still run for office that they don't they they don't take it as serious. It's like they're trying to normalize it. And that's one thing I'm gonna stand 10 toes down. There's no way in hell we're ever gonna normalize this and act like it's okay. Right. Because I bet you if we did research and we look at the the amount of people who <clears throat> who um, have mass shootings, um, going out here stealing and robbing, just doing different things. At some point, they have experienced some form of trauma that they didn't get help from. And a lot of times, I know the statistics say one in four women and one in six men. I promise you it's way more than that. That is what you're seeing based on people who report. But you also have to think, how many people don't report? So that's a very skewed, you know, statistic. And I truly believe it's way more than that. Because the one thing with women, we blame ourselves first and we assume that because we were drunk that it meant we were supposed to get sexually assaulted or because we were out on a date that we should have just gave them what they wanted. So those people aren't even able to acknowledge that they've been sexually assaulted because they don't know it yet. Men, men don't talk about it. They really don't talk about it, especially in a society where toxic masculinity is such a huge deal. They don't speak up on sexual assault. And a lot of our men have experienced sexual assault, but they thought it was okay because here I am, this nine-year-old boy having sex with an 18-year-old woman, and I think I'm doing something. Right. No. (laughs) What's really happening is you were sexually assaulted, and because that's how you're taught, is that it's okay to have an older woman. You don't even acknowledge that. And so I think it's important for us to understand there is so much more as far as it's more, way more than that one in four and one in six. It's a skewed, it's a skewed statistic. And in order for us to really like lower that bar is to have those conversations so that people understand what sexual assault. And I will tell you guys, I am so sorry because there may be somewhere here today who may realize, oh my gosh, I didn't know I was a victim of sexual assault until now. And you can reach out to us if you need anyone to talk to. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I want y'all to be able to do that. Don't let this just be the conversation that you hear on the podcast and you 
know that something is going on, but you're too scared to speak up. No, if y'all can get out there and speak up about George Floyd being pinned down to the ground, if y'all can get up there and talk about President Barack Obama being the first black president of the United States, if y'all can get out there and talk about Black Lives Matter, then I'm gonna need for y'all to get out there and do the same thing when it comes to sexual assault. Right, right. And stop giving the elite a pass. Cause I can tell y'all there's some, Trey Songs. I'm tired of hearing his name. I'm still oh. trying to figure out how he just walking free. I'm so tired of hearing that name connected to sexual assault and just walking, watching him just live his best life. It triggers me and I'm not his victim. It's crazy because look how long it took for people to get R. Kelly. Look how long R. Kelly was doing it and we swept it under the rug and all of a sudden y'all come out with this um, darn movie talking about uh, whatever the thing was, something R. Kelly. And then y'all put his tail under the jail. But y'all let Trey Songz walk around here and be free. Look, I love Trey Songz. Yes, he's from my home state of VA, but I still do not honor the fact that this boy is going out here committing sexual assault because number one, he is, um, what's the word I want to say? He um, doesn't feel as confident as he should be as a male to be able to have a woman. And number two, he feels like this is the only way that he can do it mm -hmm. um, just to make himself feel good. So yes, I get it. So basically, that's all I have to say about that. But yes, I agree. I, I'm tired of him too. I really am. Every time you turn around, there's something new about him. And nobody has done anything. They didn't believe Kiki. Um, I don't want. Why do I have Shepherd in my name? That that is not her name. What is Kiki? Palmer. Palmer. <laughs> I didn't went old school to Kiki, <laughs> but they didn't believe Kiki Palmer when she said it. And still, since her, other people have said it, but yet nothing has been done. So at some point we have to agree. There was actually a DJ who came out recently on a podcast and was like the documentary that they do on um, Trey Songz in 10 years is gonna be ridiculous. Like it's gonna be crazy, the amount of people that are gonna come out. And here it is all this time, we're watching the documentary build up. Yep. Well, do we need the full documentary? We can't cut it off at one person and just say he don't get the documentary and he goes to jail. Like how many people you need for, for your documentary to be su successful? looks like you're gonna need a whole lot of people because you need people to say, yeah, this has happened to me, this has happened to me, this has happened to me, it almost happened to me. Yeah, it did happen to me, but I don't wanna talk about it. Uh, and so forth, and so forth, and so forth. It's almost like you need confirmation, right? Like, that one person isn't enough. So you're gonna need more people and more people. It's like being a scientist in a chemistry lab. Yes. One test is not going to work. You got to do that test multiple times just to be sure that it works. Then you're going to have somebody to come in and do their own research to make sure that it actually works, which means that they are doubting you and what it is that you have tried to do. And now they can say, oh yeah, this does work. But then you got that two, then you got the two side of the coin. Are you going to give me the respect that I deserve to say, yes, I was telling the truth? Or are you going to take it up amongst yourself and say, well, it happened to me first. I don't know what so-and-so is talking about, but I went through this. And because the fact that I have a bigger name than so-and-so, I'm going to get more attention than so-and-so. Right. So it's, it's a hot, hot mess. Hot mess. It's a hot mess. <laughs> there was another one too. Somebody was in the audience trying to get a kiss from somebody and she moved, was it the baby? Trying to kiss somebody and they was like, no. And then he felt some type of way. And I was like, well, hell, when you didn't even ask her for a kiss. Like, 
We are entitled to kiss you and give you what you want. What the heck? No, no. No, honey. Your celebrity status means nothing to nobody. Nope, you can get punched in the face. You're a human like everybody else. My, yes. My fist still reflects when it pulls back and goes forward. That's exactly what you can catch from me. Back then, I didn't fight, but I will fight you like a man now. I don't care who you are. But my father raised me right. My father raised me that you don't let nobody disrespect you, no matter how old they are, how young they mm-hmm. are. You get in order for them, in order for you to respect them, they got to show you respect right. as well. That so, is so true. It goes both ways. Now, if you want to get your feelings hurt, I, you can go through the three-step process with me. You can either take the nice me, you can get cussed out, or you can get hurt physically. That's all I got to say. Well, which one? That's all I'm asking. To me, when it comes to that, it, all three, it all works. We can we can all we can go through the whole three-step process, or you can just choose your battle, pick your battles. <laughs> I'm gonna go to God first and pray on it, but then I'm gonna come back with my solution. I'm telling you. Oh, I'm gonna tell y'all now. I'm gonna go to God after I'm done. <laughs> I, I'm going to Him after I'm done too, because I'm gonna ask for Him. I'm gonna ask for repent and pray. See, that's what and forgiveness. <laughs> I ain't gonna go before because I need Him to think that I just don't know no better for a second. And then when oh, I'm like, oh, okay, God, I knew better. I'm so sorry. Uh-uh. No, I'm gonna go to God first and, and tell Him what it is I'm prepared to do. And I know He gonna tell me this is not the way. But I'm gonna tell him, can I just, can you let me slide just once? You just say, it's me, Lord, I'm about to sin. Just get prepared, it's coming. I'm just letting you know what's getting ready to happen. It's coming, God, hold on, just get ready, it's coming. Just shake your head in the corner. I know you're gonna be looking at me like I'm crazy, Jesus. Just go ahead and shake your head. Just go ahead and tell me. Now, you know, see, that's not the way we handle things. I understand. And I know you sitting there saying to yourself, let me handle it. I did let you handle it. Can I please just get this one hit in? Just let me get the one hit in. And I promise I you. let them know I ain't the one. That's, that's all I'm saying. Thing. I let them know I am not the one. That's all I'm saying. I'm like, Jesus, you know they disrespecting you anyway. Can I please show them who you really are through my sin? That's all I'm saying. What I'm that's saying. All I'm saying. Try me. What they say, try Jesus, not me. I'm telling you. That's and I tell people that now. I said I was so timid after my sexual assault. Um, after going through domestic violence, I was timid, afraid to to share my voice. Now I'm on the other extreme. Right. You can't tell me nothing because I'm gonna say what I gotta say, and I'm probably gonna be offensive when I say it. That's but right. Then I was like, you know, I'm ready to find that balance. I want to be able to have my voice heard, yes. but not be disrespectful. Now, right. I tell people all the time, I'm always gonna start off respectful. Yes. But when I feel like you're bullying me, because you know, some people you can tell them this bothers you, and they continue to antagonize you. And uh, okay, when I feel like you're there, then yes. I have to tell myself, well, I tried. They didn't care. Let me take this face off and bring the crazy one on because I need you instead. I'm not the one to play with it. Right. As much growth as I have, I still know who that other person is that I can revert back to and get you together. And then I'm gonna come back and act like myself again and be like, okay, I'm okay. <laughs> right, like we I'm, always say, she's just laying dormant in the corner. She just sleep. Yes, because we want to be better, but some people don't have the respect and they just want to see you continue to be that old person. Yeah, and that ain't nobody but the devil himself. That ain't nobody yes. but the devil himself. But we know how to handle him too. We know how to handle him too. Because God equipped us with the tools in order how to handle them. You know, so we, we know how to deal with those people. And then that's when we ask, we ask God to show us the spirit of discernment. That way we are prepared 
to handle those types of people. That way we know how to respond when they come at us the way that they do. So everything is a learning process. Everybody that know me, know me, they don't know, but I, my name was something else. Uh, when I met my husband, my husband changed my name. And he said, I'm changing your name because I want you to be better than the person that you used to be. I want yes. you to leave all of that old stuff behind you and step into the new power that God is getting ready to give you. See, people think, people think, when y'all see me on Instagram, y'all think that I be ministering to y'all? Y'all should see my husband be ministering to me sometimes. <laughs> but you know, that that's sometimes what, what you need is a man who will come and talk to you. Right. Um, I have been blessed because I have come across some men and I was like, now hold on, oh, I'm about to be done dating. I'm just gonna go be a pimp, you know. <laughs> I'm over it. And God just put somebody in my life. I ain't gonna lie, it's hard because I feel like I'm constantly in a battle with myself of trying to be better. And because I'm so set in my ways from what I'm used to, yeah. I am in that constant battle with who I want to be and my old self. Right. But to have somebody who's going to come and talk to you and is going to encourage you and is going to just be real with you, right. that is what I need. Like, I need you to tell me, look, you fucking up here, get it together. Like, what are right. you doing? Like, this right. is not okay. And I was just in a situation recently and I was so mad. I was like, I can't believe they did this and why did they do this? And he was like, and it matters why. Like, you're letting it get to you for what? And I was like, you know, I have to just, I have to be thankful. And I tell people now, talk to me sensitive. You got to talk to me sweet. Because I left all that calling me out my name, disrespecting me. I left that in the old days. Right. Now I got somebody who's smooth. I tell them, you call my soul just the way you speak to me. I can tell you serious, but I never feel disrespected. And I said, that's what I need. I Like, that makes my heart smile. I can never go back. Absolutely. <laughs> That's the, and that's the type of love that a lot of women desire. But I think, you know, like you just said, um, I'm one of those fortunate women that actually found that. My husband and I, Barbara, we will be celebrating our relationship anniversary in June, June the 19th for 10 years. We will be five years married on July the 17th. I knew that's my birthday. Yup, yup. <laughs> I knew that, um, I knew that my husband was the one by the way he came at me. We, we actually met online. And the first sentence, the first sentence that he said to me was, your smile lights up a room. And I sat straight up in the bed, because it was like four o'clock in the morning. And I said, yo, that is the most dopest line I have ever heard anything <laughs> say to me. I was like, yo, that's a pimp line that pimps don't even know. <laughs> I told my husband, I was like, yo, that line right there that your smile lights up the room. I said, I ain't never had no man to tell me that before. Look, that's how you got me. That, and that's exactly how he got me, by that one line. It wasn't the fact that he said he was God parent. It wasn't the fact that he said he was a single parent. It wasn't the fact that he had two jobs working in. Your smile lights up the room. Because in my picture, I had the headshot with me smiling. And I was all natural, no makeup. I had my hair done, but no makeup, glasses on, all this stuff. And he was like, your smile just lights up the room. And I'm like, dude, I don't even know who you are, but that is the dopest line I have ever had a man step to me and say before. Yo, a pimp couldn't even come with me with that line. <laughs> from your, to hear it from your lips to my ears, it just sounded so sweet. Right. And we've been stuck like blue ever since. Y'all gonna see it. Y'all will see who my husband is. Um, as a matter of fact, he is actually on one of my 
future episodes for the Just Men series for the month of June. So y'all, y'all stay tuned for the, for that series. I'm I'm super excited about the Just Men series. Um, but yeah, let me get back to where we need to be. Um, next question that I have for you. Actually, I got two more questions for you, and that's it. <laughs> so um the next question that i have because you answered a lot of my questions that's why i'm skipping around <laughs> so this question here is for you what advice would you give to a young woman thinking about starting her own business or better yet her own nonprofit organization start that's literally it start don't allow anything to Keep you from doing what you want to do. I had an amazing lunch today with a young lady, and I kid you not, I'm pretty sure God made me meet her because I was kind of in a little place this week. But from the moment we sat down, her whole story and her talking to me was about pushing forward. Everybody talks the talk, but are you going to also walk the walk? Right. We can say all day, I want to do this, then I want to do that. But are you going to put your foot where your mouth is? Because it takes those steps in order for you to get there. And if you're a young woman looking to start your business, I'm giving you some um, some homework right now. Mm-hmm. Your first assignment is to write down what it is you want to do. And your second assignment is what's the first thing to get you started, no matter how small it is. If it's something as simple as just thinking of the name and writing it down. Um, maybe you got $10 and it's $5 for you to order one of your products to just get started. Just start because the minute you start, you'll see you'll want to continue. And that's what I did. My organization, I didn't have all the money. Truth be told, I told you I ain't no funding. So a lot of this comes from my pocket, but I don't mind buying small things. I, my organization has an event coming up. I needed 150 swag bags. I didn't buy 150 swag bags at one time. I brought bags every week and I set it up and I was able to see it just the, the progress of it growing and growing. That's the same with business. Start at one step and find a new step every week. Every time you find a new step, you're gonna watch yourself just grow. Right. And that's you putting in the work. Also, get some business etiquette. Um, let me tell you something about business. I'm a, uh, let me let me intercept you real quick. It's funny that you mentioned business etiquette because I had this conversation with my husband after I did my vendor show this past Saturday. I was in Richmond at a vendor show, and it was my first vendor show for this year, and it went very very well. But I had this conversation with my husband when I came back home, and I was like, "Yo." Either I'm going to teach a class on business etiquette or I'm going to write an ebook about business etiquette. I said, but I feel this sucker birthing inside of me. And he said, Nick, why don't you go on and do it? You are a master etiquette anyway. I said, but I'm a master etiquette when it comes to how women should um, operate, how they should treat themselves. And I'm an I'm a etiquette when it comes to dinner stuff, stuff like that. I said, I'm not a master etiquette when it comes to business. He said, but think about it. You've been in admin and, and um, human relations for um, over 20 years. He said, I even see you operate like you still in a workplace, but you at home. <laughs> he said, to me, that's business etiquette. He said, some people don't realize that when you are doing a live, you know, um, you're not supposed to do certain things when you're doing lives or better yet, um, when you're doing, um, even when you're talking on the phone to someone, you're not supposed to do this at the third. And I said, 
This is true, but you talking about a oasis, uh, not an oasis, but a oasis of people that are not going to budge and care about business etiquette because their point is, I've been through COVID, the pandemic for two years, we're still in the middle of it, and I have even shown up in a tee, in a um, in a dress shirt and a tie, and had on some um, had on some shorts. I'm like. Yeah, but you was at home. Same rules still apply even when you're at home. Sometimes the same rules still apply, so I get it. Somebody told me the other day I was on a webinar. They was like, you got done up. Oh, yes, because I'm still my brand, and you need to That's know right. me, my brand, and I'm going to carry myself as such. Right. Well, not listen, business owners, and this isn't even just going to be young women, all business owners. When it comes to etiquette, it means a lot because there is such a lack of, of across the board. You should be able to handle both spectrums. I know our goal is to support the black community, right? but understand there's no color in the money coming in. Nope. My money going out may go to the black community, but baby, I want everybody's money. Therefore, I can go talk to any person you want to. If you want me to go sit on the board of some large company, I will go sit there. I'm going to look apart to part and everything. My conversation is going to match theirs. There is no way you're going to make me believe that I'm anything less than what, what I am. Right. I'm going to come in there and have that conversation. Why? Because my goal is to build my company and my brand. And I don't care if you're black, white, Mexican, green, Irish. I don't care what you are. But not only is your money going to come in and help me, but uh, as for me doing sexual assault, I don't even care what color you are coming in because... I can't have a color with sexual assault. That's I need right. to be able to relate to people and help them understand that there is healing on the other side of hurt. Right. So you have to be able to relate and talk to people. Um, don't be so quick to be on your phone if you have customers. Don't be so quick to have an attitude. That's what gets me and will make me lose business. Now, y'all think because we we talk about a, business, a Black-owned business that that means we're going to support another one? Oh, no, baby. I tell people all the time, there's multiple Black businesses. Just because you sell soap don't mean you're the only one who sells soap. If your attitude ain't right, I'm not leaving the community. I'm just leaving you. And I'm gonna go to this sister over here who has the respect, who has that customer service. For one, I'm not gonna come to you in an unprofessional manner. So if I'm asking you a question or two, I'm asking you to come to me because, especially when you're dealing with soaps, we're women. We got pH balances we gotta worry about. I mean, my hoo-ha, I got questions. Right. How do you know this works and I'm not gonna be sitting in the hospital scratching? That's right. <laughs> right. And you get an attitude with me and now you don't understand why I don't want to work with you and you say well y'all talk bad about small brands but not big brands oh no i talk about them too but also if i have a question they do have an faq section our customer support system and if you don't have that as you being the business owner of a small business either get you someone who can answer those questions or be prepared for the questions and be ready to answer them without the attitude i promise you your business is going to go so much further Absolutely, absolutely. She is dropping the gems, y'all. I hope y'all are writing down, pulling out your cell phones, taking notes, because this is very, very important, especially as Black owners in the Black um, in the black community. Now, for me, my mantra, and y'all know it better than everybody, believe in the power of self-care. Self-care has no color. So I market to everybody. And... I've had conversations where I've been put out of rooms. 
I've had conversations where people have dismissed me because I will go on the record and I don't care how y'all feel, but I go on the record and tell y'all in a heartbeat, my business does not market to just black people. My business markets to everybody because I have a mission. My mission is for women and men to learn how to put themselves first through the power of self-care with fashion, beauty, and faith and learning how to be authentic while doing it. So I have no color barrier. I love all color. I know black people get on my nerves. Yes, they do, but so do other people. I'm learning that as I serve my customers, my customer base. They love me very much, I love them. My customer base knows I will go off on them like they go off on me. But at the end of the day, I, we have mutual ground. We agree to disagree. But I want y'all to understand, you cannot get mad when somebody asks you a question about the brand. It's not that people want to know what it is that you do. We want to know, do you have the knowledge that you say that you are in this business doing because there's a fine line between selling the product to make profit versus selling the um product to gain the mission mm -hmm. it's a big difference and a lot and of them know your mission have figure it out because that might be that might be the issue right there you haven't created a foundation that's right if you don't have it's just like building the house if you don't have the foundation or better yet if you don't have the blueprint on how you want your foundation or how you want your business to be it's not going to work therefore you need to create a business plan i'm actually i'm thinking about actually creating um what is it templates on different business plans that i have utilized in my business that's actually working for me so y'all might see that on my store within the um future just letting y'all know just throwing it out there as a little tidbit Y'all just stay tuned on that one. But yes, and my last question for you, how can people reach you if they wanted to support you or yes. follow you? You can visit um, www.speakourtruth.org. We actually have multiple um, donations. We have an Amazon wish list that goes, I should have brought them out. Um, I bring, oh, you, they wouldn't see them. <laughs> I like to get donations of like brushes, toothpaste, toothbrushes, things like that that I can put in a goodie bag and give them to women who may be displaced or if we're gonna go out in the community and talk to women, the homeless, that way we have something to give them. We're not asking them, of course, we're not asking them for any money, but we do wanna go out there and we wanna have conversations with them, see what kind of things they're dealing with. That allows us to also see what's needed in the community so that we can better ourselves and what we're providing. Um, if you can't do, if you don't wanna donate items, then we also do take monetary donations. So that link is on there, you can either select donations or Amazon wish list and it'll take you to the proper uh, area. Um, you can email us if you ever have any questions, info at speakourtruth.org. That's also a good way to book me if you would like for me to come speak. I will t teach any class from uh, little kids on up because we got to talk about cassette little kids and stop making grandma and grandpa hug them if they don't want to touch them. <laughs> but that is how you can. I'm also on Instagram. Instagram and Facebook at Speak Our Truth or on Instagram at DeLashawn.Porto. So please come talk to me. Hang out with me. Absolutely. And I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to join me on my podcast. I hope you had such a great time like I did. Because I mean, I enjoyed myself. I learned a lot. I did. Thank you for having me. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. And again, if y'all want to contribute to the Speak Our Truth, please go visit their website, www.speakourtruth.org. Is that correct? Yes. And also please go follow them on Instagram as well at the same name, Speak Our Truth. Is there any underscores with that? 
uh on instagram it is speak our truth inc y'all know instagram get on everybody nerves because they can't just let you have your name but everything else is normal it's just speak our truth but instagram you got to do speak underscore our underscore truth underscore so don't blame me blame instagram <laughs> well people y'all heard it here first and um just want to take the time to say thank you so much for tuning in to the expand your empire series on next week it will be the month of may y'all so we are celebrating our moms the whole entire month of may every wednesday at 12 noon i will have a guest host to join me on my podcast and we are going to talk about and celebrate the moms of today as well as them being business owners because a lot of my moms yeah they are business owners and in today's society if you are a mom you will eventually become a business owner at the same time because nobody likes to sit around the house and watch their spouse go make money and you're not making money because one thing as us moms we have learned how to do is not to depend on our spouses i am one of them I don't like to depend on my spouse for nothing. I like to make my own money. I don't even like to ask him for a dollar, but he gives me money anyway. So, and you know, I'm not saying no. So, <laughs> so thank y'all so much for joining me on today. And um, Mr. De La Sean, you know, I love the way that that name just rolls off my tongue. De La Sean. <laughs> I love the way it rolls off my tongue, Miss De La Sean. Thank you so much. Thank you greatly appreciate it and um, make sure that y'all will catch her actually later on today at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time which will be 7 o'clock her time. I hope she will be able to make it. I will have my live Q&A session so y'all will actually be able to get to ask her questions on Instagram for one hour. One hour of your time. So thank you so much and y'all know peace and blessings and before I leave let me pray us out let me pray us out before we leave heavenly father thank you so much excuse me for bringing us together today excuse me on another uh beautiful Wednesday um morning thank you so much father for placing these people into our lives the way that you have set forth for us thank you father for allowing us to see another glorious day because there are so many people that did not wake up this morning to be able to enjoy what it is that you have for for us. Now, Father, I ask for you to continue to keep blessing um, De La Sean in her business, speak our truth, continue to use her as a vessel for her to reach your people, Father, for her to minister to the young women and as well as the older women and wanting them to learn how to speak up and speak their truth. Father, teach her how to talk to the young um, girls, to get them to speak out and learn how to talk to the older women that want to be able to teach her how to share their stories, Father, because there are so many of us women who are hurting that have experienced what it is that we have experienced. And Father, we just ask for you to continue to keep your hand on Ukraine as they go through what it is that they are going through, Father. Continue to keep them close-knit to your heart. Continue to have them to be able to learn how to bear that cross, Father, and to be able to say that we believe in you and that you will never leave us nor forsake us, Father. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. So thank you so much again, De La Sean, for coming on to um, my podcast. And if you know of anybody that is looking to wanting to expand their empire, please send them my way at Podcast 
at gmail.com. Make sure that you are following us on Coro is a Crush. We are also on Anchor. We're on Spotify, iHeartRadio. We are also on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. Tune in. We are on so many different platforms that you should be able to find us somewhere. Again, I'm still waiting on Pandora to give me the okay. And if that's it, and if they do, that is the last platform that we will be on before we take it to another level of hitting YouTube. Thank you so much for joining us. And once again, peace and be blessed. Hey, hey, it's Neek Austin here, the host of Coro is a Crush where we talk about fashion, beauty, and faith while remaining true to ourselves. Every episode, I talk to someone who's trying to make a change for themselves or their community and learn about how they've made big or small improvements in their lives. I also chat about what's going on in the world that might be holding us back from being our best selves. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor for the Coro is a Crush podcast, please reach out to Coro Crush Podcast at gmail.com. Check out our new advertising opportunities now available on our website at www.shopcoro.com. Book your ad spot today and let me do the rest. I love to hear from you.